I'm, I'm mad because I feel like a boundary is being crossed or I feel disrespected because before anger was my initial reaction to so like to be self-aware and in tune with your emotions and not just shut them down and just be like, Oh, I can articulate that a boundary was being crossed. Oh, I can articulate that I felt like crap when you said that to me. So now I'm angry. I feel like it has helped a lot with like being learning to be self-aware every single day. So that's where like the self-talk comes in and everything else. Hi there, and welcome to the Let's Thrive podcast. My name is Emily Feichels, and I started this page to inspire, educate, and empower any who listen. Like most people, I'm a curious soul and love to chat with my guests on all things health, wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I hope you'll stick around for a time or two. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome back to the Let's Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Emily Fickles, and it is a pleasure as always to have you here with me today. Now for some rather unfortunate news. This podcast will be taking a mini hiatus because... I'm joking, April Fool's. Okay, I'm sorry. I meant to have it be a bit more serious. Like I was going to try to actually fool you guys into thinking I could do... But even saying the words out loud, ooh, that the podcast would take a mini hiatus gives me chills. Like I couldn't even finish the joke, but happy April Fool's Day. It is April 1st if you're listening to this on the day of the release. And I've always had to do at least one prank. Um, I'm not very cool, so my version of a prank was trying to prank my podcast audience, so my apologies. Hopefully that made you laugh a bit. I will share a real quick side note. I wasn't planning to, but, um, so the best April Fool's joke we ever had played on, like, us, as in my family, was my brother and I came home from school, and my uncle had put crime scene tape, crime scene tape up in front of our house, And I literally almost had a heart attack when we got off the bus. We came in, like, we came up to the door and, like, the door was locked and we were like, what the heck is going on? And we came inside and obviously, like, then we realized, oh, it was a joke. But then we came inside and my uncle had, like, he has a key to our house. So he had, like, gone inside and filled our entire back living room with um, balloons filled with helium. Plot twist, our dog hates balloons like that float so with helium in them so we came home and she's like as soon as she woke up and noticed the balloons she starts flipping out like barking trying to attack them my brother and I are trying to pop them all it was a mess so then we like I forget what we did we put something weird in like a package and delivered it to them I don't know so oh no what we did was we took all the balloons and we snuck them and we put them all we filled up balloons and we put them in his car so when he came out from work he went to open the door and his entire like truck was filled with balloons it was amazing but yeah so I'm not gonna do that to you guys obviously but uh yeah I hope you're making the most of today maybe you get pranked or maybe you prank someone else or maybe you're not even listening to this on April Fool's and in that case my sincere apologies but on to the good stuff. So uh, today's guest, the guest of the hour is Kate Miller, someone who has really shifted and changed in her life in such a plethora of ways that I'm just always inspired and empowered, uh, you know, by what she's sharing, what she's doing. She's just such a fun person to talk to and hang with. So it was truly a pleasure to interview her. And There's so much I wanted to talk about, you know, in regards to this episode, but something just quick to touch on pre-episode is the concept of mental health and why it matters. It's so easy to 
just focus on our physical health. Um, I actually think that's easier than focusing on the mental health. Uh, it's, you know, not as fun, it's not as easy, and it's not as socially acceptable, you know, per se. You don't, you hear people talking about their fitness, gym goals, whatever, body goals, um, cringe, but you never hear anyone, well, nowadays it's becoming more mainstream, it depends on where you live, but you don't really hear people discussing, like, you know, what they thought of their therapy session, or, you know, have you tried this, or have you tried that? You don't talk about mental health as much, so, Kate is really just an amazing advocate for mental health uh, as it's something she's worked through and I am too. So I just am glad we kind of fused our both of our paths in this interview. And so if you know me, you know I try to live by this philosophy of 360 health and wellness. So mind, body, spirit, aka physical, mental, and emotional well-being. For most of my life, I was the person hyper-focused on nothing but my body, on my fitness, all that fun stuff. However, over time, as it usually happens, uh, that starts to crumble and I was forgetting about the other parts, you know, physical, or mental and emotional health. My anxiety and seasonal depression just started to cripple my ability to socialize, to focus, and really led me down a rabbit hole of, you know, emotionally eating and developing worse body image and all these thoughts that come up in your head. It was, it was as though I had this inability to regulate and face my emotions, um, which, you know, leads you to question everything about your life, every characteristic, and you just kind of develop this mindset of seeing nothing but flaws. So to me, that was a big warning of, wow, I need to get my mental and emotional health on track. So in this episode, you'll hear how Kate was in a similar experience where she started out with a degree, you know, in health and wellness, and that coupled with anxiety and life situations led her to develop an obsession with health as well that was, you know, more focused on the body and, you know, good foods and bad foods and all those things that all of us that have faced it know what I'm talking about. Um, and even if you don't, you see it, it's diet culture all around us. So with Kate, you know, she was focused on the body side of health and not on the fact of her crippling anxiety or the overall mental emotional well-being missing from her life. So she shares how she first began to understand how all aspects of health matter, and why it took hitting such a rock bottom, you know, low point to drive the point home for her and realize what was going on, which for her looked like a complete career transition, going back to school. You'll hear us talk. There's so much in her story. I love it. She's lived like so many lifetimes in her single life. <laughs> And we also touch base on what it means to just set boundaries with others. So when it comes to supporting your mental and emotional well-being, a big part of that is, you know, learning to say no when you need to, uh, understanding when you need rest, and really handling the not-so-great people or energy in your life. So this could look like handling toxic relationships with friends and family, uh, to prioritize your mental health. And in this, we discuss, you know, advice that we've both used in our own life uh, for being your own advocate, protecting your energy, so to speak, uh, especially in public settings. <laughs> I share my input as a waitress and how this looks for me as I'm constantly around people and let's just say they're not always the most high vibe people that I'd like to be with, but you have to make do with it. And, you know, as a little final part of this intro, I do want to promote some positive mindsets because that's what we're all about here. And just to get you thinking, I, I think that it's great for us to all get thinking some more, uh, stimulate that brain. So 
I'm going to share this wonderful prompt that I actually read in a journal this morning, and then I spent some time thinking about it earlier and just before recording, so I'll read it, I'll share my response, you guys can think about it, and hopefully it makes you smile, or hopefully it makes you think, just get those brain juices flowing. Remind me to never say brain juice again because that is so disturbing. Uh, Anywho, the prompt is... What are three things that have made you smile today? Now, even thinking about that should make you smile, but that doesn't count. (laughs) I want you to think of three other things. Uh, I wrote mine down before starting, but for me, it was waking up extra early uh, to have a slow morning. I then did a 10-minute meditation, which I'm very proud of myself for because it was a promise I made to myself, so I followed my promise. Plus, I felt blissed out after meditating, And then plus, when I finished, I looked outside and saw like the sunrise and it was just a Hallmark movie moment, I'm telling you what. Uh, And then my last, my third thing was just super simple. My cat jumped up on my lap while I was eating breakfast and she just fell asleep in this cutest, in the cutest little ball of fluffy fur. If you've seen my cat on Instagram, her name is Luna and she, well, I have multiple cats, but she's this one. She's all black with some white spots and she is the fluffiest cat I've ever seen. And it just melted my heart. So that's that. And something that I want you to notice is that all of mine are free. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Um, I'm sure, like sure, there are a lot of material goods and things and money that can make us smile. I'm not going to be the one to, you know, deny that. There's lots of things that are material goods or that we buy with money that make me smile. But at the same time, isn't it so funny that we usually have everything we need to at least get a smile out of our day? Um, So I just hope that helps you think. Maybe you can look at your day, look at your life right now and think of something free uh, that can make you smile, make you feel a bit more content. Just something to think about. But I'm all done now. Thank you for listening and playing along with my little mindset prompt there. Uh, Just remember to find us on social. Kate is on Instagram at Kate G. Miller, and her name is actually spelled so unique. It's K-A-I-T-G-M-I-L-L-E-R. I'm on Instagram at Emily Feichels. I know the spelling's horrible, so just look at the link below and uh, let us know your thoughts on this episode. We'd both love to connect, send us a DM, share in your stories, and if you want to, you know, really support the podcast, you can always go on Apple Podcasts and leave a rate and review those always make me smile. That's something else. It's free. You can do it for free and I'm sure it'll make you feel good to support a small business if that's what I call myself and it'll make me smile. So I appreciate it. Thank you for listening and without further ado, here's Kate. Okay, well to start off, would you mind giving just a brief introduction so that people kind of have an idea of who you are, what it is you do before we jump into the good conversation. Yes. Okay. My name is Kate. Um, I am, have lived all over the country. (laughs) I'm from North Carolina and I went to um, school at Virginia for my master's degree. Um, And then I went from there, my husband and I eloped. And so I went to California with him and then we moved to Utah for three years. Then we moved to New York City, and now we're in Dallas. Um, and so my big thing, kind of like on this journey, has been um, in like the last year and a half, two years, has been like 
learning what my niche and kind of like this vague sense of purpose. Um, and it's mental health advocacy. So that's kind of where I'm at now. What's been your favorite state to live in so far? Oh man, I, I, Texas stereotype so hardcore. <laughs> like I, I was like, Oh my gosh, I thought I got out of the South. Like now I'm going back. Like, what is this? Um, Texas is amazing because Dallas is such a great mix of like New York City and California as far as like weather and like the vibe. But I do miss living in New York City. I'll say like I thrive there, but like my anxiety thrived a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. I know. I always say I love New York City, but after being there for like two, three days, I'm I'm good. Like I just live it up the short time I'm there and then I'm ready to retreat to my uh safe like good mind space home. So <laughs> yeah, my cortisol is like through the roof always. Like you're like always late for things and so I loved it, but mainly I loved the food places and then everything else. I was like, all right, I'm tired of taking the subway or like I'm tired that it's like zero degrees outside and it's always gray, which I didn't anticipate, but I still loved it. It was like the hardest, best year of my life where I like grew way, way more than I needed, like, or I thought I needed to grow. Mm -hmm. That was, it was an amazing experience. So would you say then that like weather definitely affects your mood, energy, mental health in general? Because I'm I'm in middle of PA and it's like eight degrees out, but sunny today. The sun decided to come up and I, it's like a roller coaster. It's like one day I'm riding high because it's sunshine out. And then the next day it's negative five and gray and I'm just ready to move away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. Um, I'll say when I lived in Utah, like something that people don't realize, it's literally seven months of snow throughout the year. It's like from October 31st to sometimes like end of May, it snows and we have something called like an inversion. So it's like pollution. It's always gray outside for those like winter months and the summer is beautiful, but um, I pretty sure like I suffered from the seasonal depression and I was always in a bad mood. I was always like, um, my energy was super low and I had no idea why. And then like looking back and seeing shifts in my anxiety from moving different places, I'm like, okay, yes. Like I wasn't even aware and I was depressed. Yeah. No, (laughs) I feel that a hundred percent. And you mentioned before that you went you went to college. So what were you going for? Like, was that related to mental health or were you on a completely different path then? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Okay. So my undergrad, I have a BS in um, health and wellness. And then um, I went to university of Virginia, got a degree, a master's in um, educational psych, applied developmental science. So it's like, I focused on everything from like motivating like healthy eating behaviors or healthy behaviors in general um to like doing research on things like we uh, we were constantly doing research and then um also social injustice it was like all these different things in one and I think that made it really hard to like narrow down 
something. And then I got, um, my husband and I, we eloped and it was like this moratorium of, it was like an identity crisis for like a good three years. I had no idea what was happening. Um, and then on top of that, like getting married and you move across the country to this place like you've never been before. So it was California, but we were in the Valley, another like highly polluted area and it was not what I expected. And um, I just was like really depressed for a while. Um, and I was always used to having anxiety. So this depression like seemed really foreign to me because I usually have really high energy. Um, and I didn't really know. I was like pretty much in denial because sometimes it's easier to admit like you have anxiety versus depression or things that like sometimes have even a worse label like bipolar and all these other disorders. Um, and so I was kind of like on this path to like, I was freaking out, like I wanted to find my purpose. Um, and then went to Salt Lake city and it was again, like I had, I was getting turned down from jobs. I had a master's degree, could not find a job. Um, and so I started blogging and again, it was like an identity crisis. I was like, but I like fashion and I like food. And I was like, started off as a food blog. And then I became obsessed with food. And I was like, I am becoming obsessed with food, obsessed with ingredients. It's making me really unhappy. It's affecting my social life. Like I don't want to go out to eat with people because I don't know what's in my food. And it was this very disordered thought process around food. And there's all these things that were happening. I was like grappling with control and trying to like get my life back into control. Um, and so we were there for three years and it was really hard not just like, like on our marriage, it was me. Like I had me too. Like I had no idea what I was supposed to do with my life. Um, so I did start blogging and you can kind of look back at my blog and see like, wait, she was a food blogger. She didn't know how to take a pic. And now then she like, then <laughs> she did this. And then she moved to New York and was like doing the fashion thing for a little while. And then I started going and when we moved to New York, it was because I got into Columbia university to be a therapist. Um, and I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. <laughs> I finally found it. Like I'm going to be a therapist, a mental health therapist. And I get there and I'm, I'm good at it, but I hate it. Like I am finding so much about myself. It was the hardest. The first semester was the hardest six months of my life. School was easy, but it was like the interpersonal work. I was in therapy one to two times a week. Um, my therapist like taught me how to be confident and she empowered me things that I didn't get from my childhood. Um, and it was like, Oh, I don't have to be a therapist. Like I can advocate and show people, like tell people about my journey and this, like, I don't have to go to school to do this. Also, I don't want to be like 150 K in debt from Columbia, which is like a whole nother thing that was giving me anxiety. Um, and I talked to my therapist about it and we were like, all right, let's like get you on medical leave. Um, your anxiety is really bad. It's like becoming a debilitating. We, I went on medical leave for the last six months of being in New York. Um, so I was still at Columbia, but I wasn't actively taking classes, just trying to like figure out what I wanted to do. And that like giving myself space is when like clarity started to happen. Um, and 
things started to click with my blog and I'm like, I'm multifaceted. Like I can talk about clothes. I can talk about makeup, food. I can also be an advocate and resource to change this like stigma around mental health. So that's kind of where I'm at now. No, I love that. And yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it's something that I was thinking as we were talking because I'm currently going through that phase where it's like, you want to find your purpose and your passion and everything so bad that it's just like, it's like you're running full force and you're looking to every outside factor to find something. Like you're looking for a degree or a job or a person or some sort of label you can put on yourself to say like, this is it, this is me. And it's so funny that like the moment I've let go of control, the moment I've like surrendered, so to speak, is when the opportunities come in. And for you, it sounds like the moment that you surrendered and you went on medical leave and you just quit for like once in your life trying to go after it that's when things like you said started to click which is just so funny like when you have these things happen you know more than to more than one person like it's not just me it's you like I'm sure others have felt that too so it's 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 like I felt like I wasn't called to be like this one thing like a doctor or like I'm going to nursing school and like this is one thing I'm it's and, and even like something I've talked to friends about it's even okay to do those things if you feel called and then change your mind later and I was beating myself up because I was like I can't drop out of Columbia like this is a commitment I'm an Enneagram six so like I am loyal to the finish and even if I hate it and I'm like I can't leave and my therapist is like you can you have the power and the choice screw what other people think you need to just let go of like trying I mean I was seeking every avenue like I was seeking I was looking up job descriptions I was applying for 50 jobs not getting one bite um and I was like pursuing everything possible and school had always been my answer so like even um in grad school like I went to grad school it was like an amazing year I don't regret it for a second but um I went because like I wanted to get out of some family situations and I wanted to leave the the little town I lived in and it was always like an escape and so I was like oh okay like if I go back to school that'll solve all my issues and instead it just it was the best decision ever to go to New York because it shook my world like it rocked it um and so I think like it it gave me the space of self-discovery and to say one day like you can you can stop like you have permission is such you gain control back because when you feel like you're in control and you're trying to like get everything together that's actually when you're out of control and so to give myself space and my therapist was literally like I, okay, so when even when I was at Columbia, like pulling out a medical leave, I was applying for PhDs at like eight other schools. <laughs> My therapist was like, "Stop! You're so reactive." I would be. She's like, "You are such a reactive person. Like you go from this to this, and you're just being reactive." So I started telling myself, "When you start to be reactive, whether you're like angry or..." Um, it's like you're trying to grapple back on control and like so I left Columbia and I was being reactive and went and applied to wasted $400 and applied to like all these other schools I now can stop myself and be like wait time out like 
you're being reactive and now I have the control back. I love that. We're bred to just go, go, go and be reactive because that's the world we live in. Everything's reactive. And so I think, yeah, it is important to like slow down, question, like sit with it, like let your thoughts ponder and just go with it. So once more, yeah. (laughs) You just, you like have to lean into it. Like even when you're in sheer panic mode, like it, it does feel like an identity crisis to be like, crap, I don't know. Like, why can't I have my life figured out? Like, why don't I know like what I'm doing for forever? Cause my husband is like, he is an entrepreneur and he is so good at it. And he's just like meant to do this Um, and he can work all day. And I'm like, well, I compare even to him. I'm like, well, that's not me. And it's this constant self-talk of like, that's not me. That's not meant for me. That's not who I am. So I'm going to start serving myself like in different ways. Like there's, this isn't intended for me. So I need to quit like trying to fit my life into someone else's because it doesn't work that way. Did you do anything to help switch that self-talk? Because I know like, you know, when with any sort of, you know, mental health, whether it's anxiety, depression, just like energy moods, whatever, the self-talk is so radically different than when you are like your true self, you know, your authentic self and your thoughts are your own. So like, how did you work to remedy that? Well, it's like, I feel like it's this constant thing in the back of my head that's going I'll say therapy has been the like the most hands down the most life-changing thing uh, finding a therapy therapist I jive with and that took a while like I went to two different therapists in New York and they were like uh you should probably come more than once a week and I'm like well thank you that was such a compliment <laughs> and then um and then one girl was like I don't have enough time for you to come in that often. Um, so they kept like passing me around. And so finally I found the therapist, um, in New York and she, even during my move to Dallas, she stayed with me on FaceTime for three months until I could find someone else. And even when I found someone else, I could go back to her and see if it was a good fit. And she was just the best human, but she was so empowering. And she gave me permission to like, well, she gave me the empowerment to give myself permission to change, to get out of situations I didn't want to be in, to um, validate me. And so when somebody is in your life and they're constantly validating things you're doing and they're, they're saying how proud they are, for like all the hard work that you are doing and you're putting in, um, and also like pointing out these toxic thought patterns, she would just give me things to do. So like, the first nine months with her of therapy were like purely empowering me, being my advocate and validating me. And then I moved to this new therapist who does like EMDR, which is like a a trauma thing. um, And it helps a lot with anxiety. Um, But she will say, she'll actually give me concrete examples. So I feel like I needed the first therapist as like baby steps. And then this therapist, um, she's, amazing because she'll just call me on my BS and she'll be like, how can you say that differently? And I say, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I can say this differently. Um, and so some of our sessions are literally like, how can you talk differently to your husband? Like, and it's like very empowering, not like you should talk better to your husband. It's not like demeaning at all. It's just like, okay, like, do you realize what you said was hurtful? How can we rephrase this? And so even with myself, 
because we're even harder on ourselves. It's retraining, it's journaling. It might sound silly, but I love my mantras and positive affirmations. The accounts I follow on Instagram that flood my feed every day are positive affirmations. Um, Mantra magazine, like whatever it is, because I want at the end of the day when truth is like I can get caught up in saying like, why don't I get as many likes as this person? Like, why am I falling behind in this way? Um, I need more people to see my stuff. And it can be very invalidating. I have to remind myself that I'm not them. I offer something different. I'm not going to compare my life to them. It's a number at the end of the day. You put this in perspective who it's going to care in 20 years. Like if, if, whether I was present, like always on my phone or whether I was like present in life. So I think it's like these examples of, I still think the thought, but like I smack it back in the face with a positive one. And that's pure practice, journaling, um, lots of journaling, actually. No, I love that. And I think like for me, the reason I like journaling is I haven't been able to find a therapist that vibes with me because yeah. I'm in a small town and to be honest the therapists here like are all small town thoughts so it's like I can't even fully express myself but like I found journaling to be so helpful because or even just like talking out loud like I may be a crazy person but if I'm on a walk out in the woods I'll just start like talking myself through whatever I'm working through because you call yourself out on your own bs like I'll write something. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's stop that right here. Or I'll say something. And I'm like, why? Like, why did I just say that? Why am I thinking that? And so I think it is like important, like you said, have someone there to support you, but also like question, like question you, make you think and just like work through it with you. So I think that is definitely key. And I'm curious, what are your thoughts like with social media and mental health? Cause I know it's a double edged sword many amazing opportunities can come from it, but I'm similar to you that I I love numbers. So it's hard for me to disassociate from the numbers of social media. So what are your thoughts, experience with handling that relationship? I have to, I do tell myself, you know what? Instagram is like a game and there is really crappy things that suck about it people over others and then I have to say like it's flawed and it's run by humans and it's a really flawed place so I have to worry about what I do what I put out there and that's pretty much it and then who I follow is a big thing if somebody is making me feel really crappy about myself they get unfollowed if I and it might hurt people's feelings and I'm not meaning that but if I'm like looking at their feed and I'm like, it, it's causing confusion in my own life or like massive comparison, then I take that control and that power back and I unfollow or I really, I try to focus more on the positive of like, who am I following? It's more, it is, I have like a list of 10 accounts. It's on like a highlight reel on my stories and it's um, like 12, 10, 12 accounts to follow like therapy for women. Um, my therapist says, my therapist helps all these kind of, some of them are funny too. Um, and they, when I see them, they 
completely make my time on this little app <laughs> way better. <laughs> and I mean, they say you're, you know, a accumulation of the five people you're around most. And that's real. I think that's, you know, the case in real life, but also on Instagram, like whoever you're seeing the most, like it influences you, like whether we want it to or not, like those thoughts and messages creep in. So yeah, it is important to declutter sometimes <laughs> or just like prioritize yeah. who, who you're following. But, and then also just to be, I think it to have like this posture of gratitude where, um, at the end of the day, I can feel pressured by like societal, societal norms that aren't necessarily my norms. And at the end of the day, just to be thankful for where I'm at, because I can look at these other people's lives. And I think once you've kind of walked through a few things and like even my husband and I, I'm like, these people's lives it's not all, all it's like they're sharing. So they're not sharing the hard stuff. Like, could I, you know, and so for me, I'm like, I'm going to just tell you what it's like. I'm going to tell you that you can love someone and you can still fight all the time and <laughs> need help and need to go to therapy or you go to therapy for, um, preventative like I would even if I don't have any major issues I would I would be in therapy or like journaling something um and it's it's just wild I did have someone ask me one time like what like oh you're going to physical therapy and I'm like whoa wait are we like this far removed like we we have to like therapy like it's it's like going to the gym you're just like strengthening your mind and I think even for you like walking and like being able to notice, oh, like, what was that thought? Like, I'm not going to like be mad about it. But like, why was that there? I'm just going to like let myself think it. And then I'm going to like hit it back with a positive thought or you're not trying to judge yourself. And I think um, it's this self-awareness aspect that so many people, like I thought I was so self-aware until I got like beaten up at Columbia a little bit, which was a really good thing. Um, I was like, I'm such a self-aware person. And then I realized that I was not at all. Like, oh, like what's coming up when I like yell or if I am like holding tension in my shoulder, like what is going on that day? or in my thoughts for like, why am I doing that? And then I can, once you become aware of it, like let it go. And I think that is where like the empowerment has come in. Like, or what I used to think I get, I struggle with anger. I grew up in a home where like anger was just the only emotion people showed. I mean, to be in a female and to be get angry, it's like, Oh, she's just, you know, the B word. And like, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the case at all. And it's because like, I had no idea, but it's like, Oh, not only like I was a product of my environment, which I can easily check easily, very hard, but like I can change. Um, but also I feel like a boundary is being crossed and I don't know how to pull into other emotions. And so knowing this about myself now, I can be like, Oh wait, I'm mad because I feel like a boundary is being crossed or I feel disrespected because before anger was my initial reaction to like to be self-aware and in tune with your emotions and not just shut them down and just be like, Oh, I can articulate that a boundary was being crossed. Oh, I can articulate that. I felt like crap when you said that to me. So now I'm angry. 
I feel like it has helped a lot with like being learning to be self-aware every single day. So that's where like the self-talk comes in and everything else. Well, and you mentioned obviously the boundaries and setting them. And I think that is so important because it's funny that as you become more self-aware, you realize either like I have no boundaries set up or I'm very bad at crossing boundaries of other people, of myself, with work, with friends, with family. So how did you start to set boundaries, you know, whether that be with yourself, with your work, with friends, with family, because that's an entirely different situation in itself. I've been there too. So like, so when did that start up for you? Um, so I'm, I'm like a, a very, um, big open book. <laughs> so, um, I don't like just kind of diving into all the crappy stuff. Um, so with my family, I've, I have a lot of toxicity, um, essentially like really only talk to my sister and my brother. Um, my parents are super toxic in a sense. And, um, I mean also a product of their environment, but wouldn't do the things to go get help. Um, and for me, I have to had to set a hard boundary and like people got pissed in the process and people don't, people don't like when other people set boundaries, even with its kids. Like how many times do you hear people say like, Oh yeah, she brings her kids. Like she, she like is going to leave too early because you know, her kid has to go like lay down at home and they judge and they constantly judge things. And I've had to realize like, I am just going to do me and if this is for my mental health, this is what my therapist taught me, um, back in New York, like, nope. Like, so, um, I, my sister had a baby shower and I love my sister and, um, people were going to be there that I could not be around. I would have probably had an anxiety attack. And that's when like, I'm not going to let these traditions and these things that you should do. I was very sad not to be there, but I had to draw a line like and say, Hey, I really respect that you're doing this, but I'm going to have to uh, skip out on this just because, you know, like for my anxiety, for my mental health, like I spoke with my therapist about it. You don't even have to rationalize. Um, and then the way they react is up to them. And usually if they react, it's because of their own insecurity um, or they feel hurt or they don't want to listen to your boundaries. So I think that that can happen with kids. It can happen with, um, going out to eat with friends. It can happen with like drinking to have boundaries and say like, I want one glass of wine. I don't want anymore. And like, I'm not going to let these other people pressure me or whatever that looks like. Um, I think it's really hard to do with family and friends. <laughs> um, but like even my husband and I, we have like boundaries with even like, I think there's healthy boundaries. Like um, he has a great family. We even have like healthy boundaries set up around that. Um, so I think it's hard, but there's also the, like an account I follow therapy for women talks a lot about setting boundaries. Um, and it's just been really empowering to follow some of these accounts because I'm like, wait, I had I had no idea and I didn't have people validating and encouraging me. So I feel like I have these cheerleaders kind of on Instagram that are teaching me new ways to set boundaries. Yeah. And I think sometimes they get a negative connotation in a sense because it sounds like, Oh, like, okay, you're setting boundaries, you know, like almost like puts you at a different level. But like you said, there 
I mean, they're healthy. And in the case with the baby shower, it's like you can also look at it as if like if you had gone, how would that tension in the room have been? Do you know what I mean? Like it affects everyone when boundaries are being crossed. Like it's not just between two people. It affects everyone around them. It affects their work, their other relationships. Like it, it's a butterfly effect. So it really is for the betterment of all (laughs) that we. It's an energy ship. Like, yep you that's like not only are you learning to like respect yourself but other people as well like um one of my biggest things I did a post around Christmas time and it was like all about boundary setting and you know like the uncle that annoys you like you have permission not to engage in these conversations sometimes that's the boundary that you set for yourself like I am not going to engage because like I know the outcome and it's not positive um that's something I have to tell myself too. when I go home, like, Nope, I'm not going to listen. Like I'm not going to say anything. Um, and to give yourself permission to leave, like you're, you know, a situation that you don't want to be around. That's like going to disrupt your mental health, going to disrupt your progress, going to make you feel super anxious. Like you can leave that situation. Um, and it, yeah, it really is like an energy shift. I can feel when I am like about a boundaries about to be crossed or like I'm in an uncomfortable situation, I start to get like a little brain fog and like my right shoulder, I hold and carry tension there. And I know, and I'm like, all right, I'm tapping out. (laughs) Like, let's go. I can't be here anymore. Say like there is a situation though, and you feel that anxiety come on, like the energy shift and you can't leave. Like you're, you know, I don't know, you're at an event or a meeting or somewhere where you just like actually can't leave. Are there any like skills you've learned over time to help get you through for just like the little bit longer that you have to, or just help rein in the anxiety to like a manageable level? Yeah. So like I would say, um, a lot of it is like breath work and just breathing, but half the time I end up just escorting myself to the bathroom and just like taking a good breath and giving myself 10 minutes in a back room. Like you can always go to a bathroom, even at an event where I'm like, Oh, like I get my energy from like being by myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm an introvert in that sense, but I also like to talk to people. So I give myself 10 minutes to recharge. Sometimes that is disengaging in the conversations, walking out of the room, breathing, or just if you have, I like to bring people with me to events like that, even a friend, (laughs) because then it's just like me and the friend and I can kind of ease my way (laughs) through like a there was always events in New York City and I would always be with a friend because if not it (laughs) they're like an energy field shield like you just go up behind them (laughs) I'm like hey can we please get this together because there's going to be a lot of people a lot of energy in one room um and I don't know I feel like you you probably feel the same but I can like really feel energies chance like when I am around people that are really negative I'm like I feel like I'm getting zapped yep (laughs) and vice versa so I try to protect it at all costs no I feel that I so I waitress and 
I love it. Like the tips are great. It's a great part-time thing, but the energy shifts that I can go through within like an hour are insane because it's like, I have one, you know, one set of customers that are super great, nothing wrong. Next one comes in. I don't even have to talk to them yet. As I'm walking to the table, I can sense like something's not right here. The moment I start speaking and they speak back, I'm like, yep, okay, this isn't going to be that fun. And I, you know, and boundaries are crossed all the time with waitresses. People either respect you or they don't respect you or, you know, it's just, and so I'm the same way where one time it was just three very bad tables. And I just, even then I'm in the middle of a shift, I'm working, but we're allowed a bathroom break. So I use that bathroom break and I was doing like breath work in the bathroom, just like trying to calm down because otherwise like it can get out of control. Like you can feel the, your own energy shifting, your own anxiety, like building, building, building. And so I, I agree. Like there's always somewhere like, or just close your eyes, do breath work, like try to distance your mind from the scenario, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, it's hard because especially like if it's your job too, like you want to be respectful, but and then there's this line of like, when can I express myself and be like, why are you being rude? Um, and, but then I think just kind of like you're bringing the control back to you and going to, you're doing what you can do to kind of remove yourself a little bit from the situation, which it can be, um, hard. And I think like, Another thing, um, I was like reading this post from a while ago when you were talking about boundaries. Um, one of the things was a, a boundary you could do would be like just simply saying, hey, I'm not going to talk about this. That's an easy one. Or um, I have this thing um, that says hang out with people that fit your future, not your history. Friends can be family. And like that is kind of my motto for 2020 because interesting question oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) that would be scary (laughs) oh oh my god (laughs) um but yeah it's it's kind of oh my gosh that was kind of wild but just to hang out with people that fit your future because we all have like this history and people try to sometimes history tries to drown us in all walks of life. So um, to really focus on who the positive people are. And like you said, the five people around you are who you start to become. And I think you don't you know, like if there's negative toxic people in your life, it can be hard to remove them, but it's necessary to. A hundred percent. And like you said, it can be as simple as setting a boundary where if you set a boundary and they don't like it, they'll probably remove themselves from your life. Like <laughs> That's what my therapist says. Yeah. She's like, just, you know, you set your boundaries and after a while they'll get the picture <laughs> and it usually happens. Yeah. Natural elimination. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so true. <laughs> well, you've mentioned journaling. Are there any other self-care practices that you do to, I mean, just maintain overall wellness, happiness, joy, but also, you know, keep mental health in check and just make sure that you have like a, you know, complete like mind body connection, so to speak. 
Yeah. Okay. So I, I do love working out. Um, so I have like tried to incorporate Pilates, um, cause I didn't love yoga, but I realized I love Pilates. So like doing something like that. Um, and then that's like my me time. I love to just go and move my body. You know, it can be a hard workout. It can be easy just to move. Um, taking a walk with my dogs. One of my dogs is like my little emotional support. Animal. Um, she is actually probably the opposite, but that's okay. Um, and then let's see, I do guided journaling sometimes. I also find that guided meditations work for me better because of anxiety and because my brain's always going. Um, it kind of gives me something to like think about and work on. Um, so guided meditations. Um, and I love bullet journaling. I don't do it every day, but like some days, um, I'll just pull out my bullet journal and draw and it makes, I'm not, I don't feel like a very creative person. So when I do that, I feel really creative. <laughs> um, and I try to make them cute and colorful. And that's something fun that I do too. Yeah. Like I have a, what is it? The face roller thing. The, and whatever. Yeah. And so like in the morning, like that's my little thing where like, I just like to keep it in my freezer and I like to pull it out and just like roll my face, try to like depuff all my sleep eyes. And yeah. it, it's like a small thing, but it feels so good. And it's treating myself to like that moment of clarity before the day begins that feels so good I have one of those and I just feel like it's so cold I keep mine in the freezer I don't yeah. know like no I do too yeah and <laughs> so good no I know um, it's so refreshing yeah and even like simple things like taking a little extra longer on my skincare routine or reading before bed is also like another big thing that I do because it helps me sleep way better. Um, I think I, I try to do like small acts, like where it doesn't necessarily have to cost money, but, um, like a gratitude list or, um, lighting a candle. I don't, there's so no, many. Yeah. Samples. Those are all perfect. I literally do all of those. So <laughs> glad to know. Podcast. Yes. <laughs> Um, crime junkie. I listen to crime junkie a lot. Um, and cleaning your space. That is huge for me. Jared calls me clutter queen and it drives <laughs> me nuts. I'm like, I'm like really clean and I like things to be sanitized, but sometimes I am in a hurry and I just like throw stuff around and he's like, the clutter queen is back. <laughs> so that's like another thing I do. Clean my space. I'm the same way. Yeah. I firmly believe that a cluttered place space is like the enemy of productivity for me because like right now I'm looking around and my office is such a mess because I've just been throwing things in here all week and it, yeah it just it's constantly bothering me so <laughs> I feel you on that clutter clutter queen crown but my dogs, my dogs are clutter queen and king as well <laughs> they like to just like put their toys all over the room like currently on my bed <laughs> Just crap everywhere. <laughs> They're just taking after their mom. <laughs> and I'm like, can you guys please put your stuff up? <laughs> They'll learn. <laughs> Maybe I'm like, please just like pull your weight, pay some rent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, oh I don't God. know. I'm sure 
I know, you know, for me personally, with all the new year stuff, I don't, I set some intentions, but they were just things that I really do want to like work on. They weren't, I don't really do goals or anything, but have you, you know, is there anything that you're looking forward to, I suppose, in 2020? Like something you want, you want to do just because or something you intend to do? Yes, I think we kind of talked about it at the beginning of this, to let go. I have, well, you just mentioned letting go and that like, that's kind of my 2020 like intention in a sense, Um, because there's not a lot of pressure to it, but I can actively practice it. So um, I kind of, I did this little journal and it was let go to grow and Uh, which like when you let go it allows life to carry you to like a brand new place which is super cool it it creates space um so for me it's like negative people the unknown failure judgment expectations of myself and others others is like a big one because especially when you're married um (laughs) being right is another big one comparison gossip strict regimens social norms, guilt, criticism, um, assumptions, worries, being comfortable, past relationship, um, social media status, people-pleasing, mistakes, fear, limiting beliefs, hurt and pain, and tension. Um, What other people think of you, anything that's not authentic to you. So um, even differences in gender roles can be something you let go of. so this is like my 2020 is like my year of like letting go of things. Things like are that. what they are. I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to judge what other people do. Um, I'm going to worry about me. And then if I am judging, I'm going to let it happen and then <laughs> let it go. <laughs> I love that. I think that's something we could probably all do. So I, I like that. That'll be good for people to hear. Maybe it'll spark some inspiration in them, but. I used to think stuff like this, I like even hearing myself talk like this sounds boring. I used to think when people, I heard stuff like this, I'm like, this is so cheesy, but tell me how to let go. And it really is like an active practice. And the more I tell myself, like, let go, like, let go of like these things that are like holding or putting you in bondage in a sense and um, really don't judge them because it's just life and it's a learning process. And now I'm like, Oh, now I see what these like hipsters were saying. Like so much sense. (laughs) I'm the same way. Um, Like the difference between a year ago or like, I'd say like two years ago. And now the things I, you know, wrote off as, okay, sure. Back then are now like my gospel. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, it's kind of fun. It's, I think sometimes my husband looks at me and is like, what happened? Like, you changed so much. <laughs> and then I'm realizing, wow, my, I, my sign is like a water sign. Like, I'm fluid and I, I move and I shift a lot. And it kind of freaks me out, which is probably not good for anxiety. But I think it's kind of, anytime we change too, it's uncomfortable for people around us. It's hard. Like, it's, it's kind of disrupting their norm too. And so it's, oh, well, that's like a whole other thing. <laughs> No, I know. When I first started to try to get my family involved in like just gratitude, just saying something they're thankful for, like before eating, 
I definitely got some weird looks, but um, they slowly accepted it. But yeah, it's it it does shift everything around you. Work people. So. That's a really good idea, actually. That's a what? good idea. Like a oh. like to do gratitude before you eat. That's really cool. Um, to share one thing you're thankful for. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Just I because like. I had a dad, I have a dad who's very, and brother, who are very pessimistic, not very pessimistic, but they definitely side with the negative where I'm always like hoping for the best, positive. And that's a big like struggle always between us. And so it was crazy just like how starting that one little like gratitude thing, like, you know, I've lived with them all my life. Like I, I saw the changes, like it was insane. I, I just, it blew me away and it's, I don't know, gratitude, powerful, but. <laughs> I write it down, but I like the idea of sharing it um, with someone else. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I'm going to make Jared and me do that tonight. That yes. And the pups. Love- yeah. This, you guys talk too. <laughs> I love that. That's really beautiful. Well, where can people find you and learn more about you and just get all your positive vibes and oh, your- <laughs> they can find me my instagram handle i spell my name weird so i'm gonna spell it out it's um kate g miller but it's k-a-i-t g miller i have to say i love that spelling of kate like i i just i love it i don't know i'm very particular about names and like their spelling and everything and that's probably like that's my favorite way of spelling. I know that's weird, but it's no, thanks. Yeah. I'm like, Mom, I'm like, why didn't you spell my name? K-A-T-E. Like that was the cool spelling, Caitlin. Um, and then and now I love it. I'm like, it's spelled differently and I don't know. It's awesome. Yeah. All you. <laughs> I hope that episode got you thinking, got you to smile a bit, and just really got you to analyze what your approach to 360 health and wellness is. Do you prioritize mental health? Do you prioritize emotional health? Uh, You know, maybe how can you implement some better practices or times in your day to really support those aspects of health? Uh, Just lots to think about. So I really hope this episode resonated with you in some way. And to find more about Kate and all the wonderful things she shares, such an inspiration, you can find her on Instagram at Miller. And I'm on Instagram at Emily Feichels. Both are linked below and we would love to connect. Let us know what you thought of today's episode. Uh, you can always shoot us a message, email, what have you. We love it, I promise. And as always, if you decide to support the show by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, I'm occasionally winning, picking a random winner. You never know. Test your luck. Uh, and let me know if you do. I'd love to connect. I love to chat. So much appreciation. Uh, I'm, you know, always here for you guys and I know you're here for me. So thank you and talk to you next week.